Hey everybody, what's going on? It's Monday night. What happened? Man, you got the uh I didn't do it. <laughs> Why you blame me all the time? You got the the, the, the microphone <laughs> in, in the shot. Why you blame me all the time? There the you microphone's go. always in the shot. Is it in the shot or I'm pretty sure it's always all right. in the shot. Microphone's don't touch the, the button. Don't touch the button. I didn't touch it. Let's see. Okay. Light's it's still on. Okay, yeah, it's still good. on. Yeah. But hey everybody, what's all going right. on? So, uh, Danny says, hell yeah, good luck on this awesome episode review, Jenny and Tom, double thumbs up for this episode. Was this not your idea to do this? Because we said that we just bought, Tom just bought the, um, the DVD yeah. that has a haunting in Connecticut and a haunting in Georgia yeah. on one disc. Yeah, they're the haunting, um, uh, pilots. Pilots, yeah. Yeah, they, they come on, uh, DVD. I got, I think I got two of them for like eight bucks delivered. Yeah. Might have been less. I think it was five dollars and five dollars with shipping, on top of it. Something ended up be about eight. And uh, we saw Connecticut, and uh, boy, I, I didn't realize how crude the, the the pilots were compared to the the later uh, episodes. Because we hadn't seen it. I mean, we have talked about this episode before, like the pilot episode of Haunting in Connecticut, uh, which came out in two thousand and two, which was a long time ago now. Um, you know, because we've talked about the Snedeker case and everything like that, but we've never done, and like I said, I think this was Danny's idea too, we've never done a thing where we compared the actual real case or the episode of A Haunting, the pilot episode of A Haunting, to the actual Hollywood quote-unquote movie that they made about the case yeah. in 2009. Now, we we're going to do the same thing to uh, The Haunting in Georgia too. We were actually yeah. going to do all of them on one show, and then Tom's like, man, that's going to be like stuff. too much, and I was just like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So we're just going to do like one at a time. That'd we be also much uh, did some research and watched uh, the Sally Jesse Raphael that oh show that they appeared on, and uh, I think that's was... about the only thing that you can really... F they had a couple of little made-for-TV things, but it was just there's not much content on them. Um, the Sally Jesse Raphael show that the Snedekers appear on is pretty good. It, it, it's like I remembered it. It, it is kind of creepy. Um, do I believe that this is something that happened? If it happened, I think they exaggerated some of it, or or over t over time it maybe got distorted. It's a weird case. Um, it's it's like a mixture of haunting poltergeist ghost and possession all happening in the same case it's it's like a mishmash of a bunch of stuff but on the Sally Jesse show there were some neighbors there some of the neighbors said that they were bullshit but they didn't really have proof of that and then there were some other neighbors that thought that they did kind of back up some of the things the Snedeker said uh, mostly the little details about how the sign was covered up that it was a funeral home when they first got there uh, one woman thought that something strange was happening in there, but they weren't sure. Now, Ed and Lorraine Warren are, are, are involved in this case. Which always raises some red flags. Yeah. Sure. Whenever they're involved <laughs> in it, man, I start to question it. Uh, Ed, Ed bullies his way through the Sally Jesse show, um, but he didn't want anybody questioning the case. He, he, he wanted everybody to believe it. He wants everybody to buy the book, I did. Yeah. Just because they were involved in the case doesn't mean the case was fake, though, because they were involved a little bit into the Enfield uh, into the Enfield case, but they got kicked off the Enfield. Yeah, case. they turned up like one day. They uninvited. turned up like one day un uninvited when somebody else <laughs> was already investigating, and they didn't want anything to do with them. This is up in England, and that gave them the right. After, yeah, we were involved in that case. Yeah, we were involved in that case for one day. They threw you out. 
Yeah. Like I said, I don't even know if they came inside the house. I think they just showed up on the doorstep and said who they were, and they're just like... Briefly. No. Uh, I think witnesses said that they weren't there long enough to even see anything. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So... So, Is that volume up? Because I keep hearing, like, little voices over there. Yeah. It's kind of, like, distracting me. I'm like, is that us talking? It's, like, a couple seconds behind. That's kind of freaking me out. What I had forgotten, oh my god, the Sally Jesse Raphael show, when did that come out? Because I kind of feel like the, the Snedeker case, yeah, it was like late 80s, right? Because I think they, well, they moved into the house in 86 or 87, right? Yeah. So, and then, however much longer it was that after that, they were on the Sally Jesse Raphael show. I'm like, oh my god, it was, one, it was impossible to look good in the 80s. What the, the fuck was, was that? The hair was fucked up. God. Yeah. Everyone just looked completely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's just like... <laughs> Helmet hair. And, and I was that, yeah. It's like everything yeah. was like shellacked. Crazy. Yeah. And I kind of remember when, when people had hair like that. And yeah. not just the, that, it was just like the clothes just yeah. were also really super unflattering. Yeah, terrible. I remember it. I do too. It was all shit you bought at the mall. Because that was the only new clothes you knew about. Couldn't order any clothes. Yeah. And, you know, no choice. Almost like Soviet times. I love the, I had forgotten about this lady. But, okay, there are two things that I absolutely loved about, this, about the Snedekers on Sally, Jesse, Raphael. Yeah. One, I love that Sally brought in a mock-up of their bed yeah, and yeah. made them sit in it yeah. and, like, demonstrate. But they didn't even demonstrate anything. No. They just kind of sat in it yeah, and told, was, like, part of the story. And I'm just like... That was really weird. That is very weird. I'm just like, why? So, yeah, why don't you go sit in this yeah. bed that looks like your actual bed and yeah. tell us about what happened? And I was just kind of yeah. like... Some Whose idea shit. was that? That weird is shit. super bizarre. Weird shit they would do in the eighties. Yeah, and, and I was then, just like, why? I don't know. Oh, and also, I love some music back there. Yeah, like yeah. And they they turned the lights down. Played some music, so it's like, so you could all look. You're in the bedroom with the Snedekers. I'm like, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to be in their bedroom. Okay, yeah, this that, is like a little bit weird. To that me. was how they were going to reenact it. Nowadays, they would have done <laughs> video reenactment. I know. It's it just so weird. It was, was a little so too weird. expensive for. Sally I had forgotten about that. It's just like they pan over it. It's just like there's a bed with like a gold. Headboard and like, yeah. and I'm just like, oh my god, that is the weirdest fucking just thing I've ever seen. Special effects, man. I don't know. Oh, and I also loved that they had that fucking Karen out in the audience, yeah. who was a neighbor of theirs, who she was like trying to debunk all the shit, and she had this yellow, uh, like college ruled notebook. Yeah. And I guess she had written down because she doesn't have anything fucking better to do with her life. I guess she had written down yeah. like every single thing that happened in the neighborhood yeah. that would explain the so-called paranormal uh, Trucks stuff. Trucks going by and shit. Like, like at 3.20 a.m. I'm yeah, like, yeah. woman, get a yeah. hobby. Like, not this one. Get, I saw, get I a saw, good hobby. I saw a program where they... Where they <laughs> where, where it was a program that had a psychologist on there, and they mentioned the Karen, the Karen effect. The Karen phenomenon. The Karen, Karen phenomenon. And he said, yeah. He says, when you find a Karen, if you actually look at pictures of her when she was young, and you hear from her friends what she was like. What you're seeing is you're seeing pretty girl privilege when it fucking ages. Oh yeah, ages big, out. it's big time. That was a pretty girl who had a lot of privilege at one time. Well, some of them are still pretty, like and when they get older. Out. But yeah. yeah, yeah, that's definitely that. Yeah, but you know, if you see one in her fifties and she's over the hill and she's being a carrot as fuck, she was hot when she was a teenager. And she got, she got away treat, with some shit. Yeah, she she got used to being treated a certain way, and, it, and now she went like, away. And it's a little bit you know what? It's like I don't even know what my fucking neighbors' names are. Yeah, I don't get I don't get involved in the fucking business. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, if they're loud, I'm gonna bitch about it. I'm not gonna go yeah. over there and like say anything because they probably shoot me in the face. But you know what I mean? It's just kind of like I don't understand being that invested 
in someone else's life that you'd be like over there. I'm going to keep track of it. Well, when motherfucking the case thing. started, look, they came out of the house and they looked happy. Yeah. It doesn't look like they were haunted. Like get, when the case started, um, the, the whole neighborhood knew about it. Evidently. I guess so. So yeah. it attracted their attention. So they tried to find anything they could to kind of, well, it wasn't, I don't think everybody disbelieved them, but the ones that did disbelieve them were there and, and they had them on the panel. But really, the things that they said didn't didn't dispel it for me. Didn't disbunk it. For Everybody me. was just yelling at they each were just other. Yelling at it's each like other. I couldn't really tell. Like half, just saying, half of the show, I couldn't tell. They were just saying that they were frauds and that they were just that they were behind on the rent. And they just made the story up to make money. Right. But they, you have to demonstrate some kind of proof. And and then they went, well, yeah, your young son, he was also on drugs. He was on LSD. And she goes, yeah, he was. He had a lot of problems. But that was after all this stuff happened. So you know. Because that's when he got older. I don't know, because I do kind of feel like... And the thing about it is that when they did the episode of Haunting about the Snedeker family, which, you know, I want to talk about that because I had forgotten... What, like We talked about it, like, a few years ago. But I had forgotten how... One, they changed their names. They don't yeah. call them the Snedekers. Yeah, they changed the names. And they're all, like... They, they talk to Carmen and they talk to yeah. the um, the niece, right? Yeah. Uh, who, who I think her real name is Tammy. Yeah. But they changed everybody's names and they put them all in shadow. Yeah. So I, cause, cause I was thinking, cause they were also on Paranormal Witness. Yeah. And they showed their faces on that one and used their real names on that one. So I was maybe like confusing it with that. Like yeah. they did Paranormal Witness like later on. Yeah. It is a weird case. Um, they showed they showed Miss Snedeker. Her name was Carmen. Carmen. Yeah. yeah. They showed Carmen from around the time of the incident. Uh, she, she had changed by the time she was on Sally, Jesse Raphael. But there was a, some other videos that we saw that showed her video of her from that time. And she was uh, she was cute. She was real thin. The hair and, on the Sally, Jesse show did not give do yeah. her any favors. Yeah, they all started to look like televangelists and shit. <laughs> They're just like triangular. And, and yeah. So, and then the, uh, the, little, the niece and everything, you know, she was, you know, young and thin. She was still young and thin when she was on Sally, Jesse. So... Having been through a poltergeist case myself, I think I think that might have been a sexually kind of charged environment where maybe because this or something like this might happen because this manifestation, this poltergeist outbreak, I think it's poltergeist actually. Um, it's just just a weird one if it did happen. Um, evidently, the phenomenon was was very sexual. It was raping them, much like the entity, like the entity, yeah. And uh, a lot of butt horking going on. And there butt horking the dude too. He was getting pegged. That ghost was yeah. butt horking everybody. Yeah, yeah. The fucking Karma Snedeker and her niece were running down the street together, getting pegged. While they were in public, she said, outside the house. Some weird shit, man. Kinky. Now, how do you make up? I wouldn't have even thought to make up something like that. I might have, but you yeah. know what I mean. I think of weird shit like that. And then they were asking <laughs> Mr. Snedeker. What was, his, what was Mr. Snedeker's name? Um, Alan, I Alan, think his name yeah. was. Alan's yeah. probably in his 30s at the time of the Sally's show. And he said that he had been penetrated and stuff. And then later on, they were asking him, you know, what that was like. And he says, well, it's, it's not like a person to person thing. It doesn't, it's not real sex but you could feel it so I, you know it's stinging and shit yeah he said it was like a stinging sensation like, yeah. so I don't know what he's talking about in I mean, the booty he didn't say that Lois felt that she got touched by hand once at the and it snake wrapped around her like a snake and went into the floor so maybe that's kind of what he's talking about it's kind of like a ghost feeling you know just something odd 
that he said he said it, he said it didn't feel like a, a person touching you, or like an actual yeah, penis. or an actual penetration type of deal. But it just but, gave you that impression. But it maybe. was weird. It was kind of confusing the, the kind of confusing the descriptions they were both using for for. But it was yeah, it was very it was very sexual. There was yeah. It, it, this if this was a ghost, which I don't think it was, but if it was, it was a it was a big fucking pervert. Yeah, it was all perved out, big time. It was doing all kind of shit like that. Yeah, Danny says Pulling people's bras down. Yeah, and trying to get in bed with them, feeling and, up their boobs yeah. and whatnot. Danny says Carmen Snedeker aged nicely, in my opinion. She looks good. Just saying. Um, yeah, Tom like made that uh, comment too that when she was younger, she looked kind of cute. I said, yeah, yeah she was kind of cute. She kind of looked like if Karen Black. And Steven Tyler had a baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. She kind of looked like yeah. the offspring of those two, yeah. if that ever happened. Because <laughs> I like the bottom half of her face reminded me of Steven Tyler. Like, not in a bad way, like when he was young. You know Do I, I mean? think all this case is a fraud? I'm not going to go that far. I think something might have happened there, but I'm not sure we'll ever really... I don't know. It seems kind of crazy. I did put yeah. it in my book, uh, but I put it in there as a poltergeist case because it's all over the place. And when they were on Sally, Jesse, Raphael... Um, they had Joe Nickel on there, who I was really... He writes for Skeptical Inquirer, and I've read a couple of his books. Um, I read one about Secrets of the Sideshows. Remember when we did that sideshow, like Circus Sideshow uh, show a long time ago? Like, I used that book as a primary source. So he was on there, and he did make the point that it's like, you know, usually if you have, like, a haunting or a poltergeist thing, it's like it usually follows kind of like a pattern. There's, like, tropes to it or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, this one just seemed like it was all over the place. And I think they did bring up... I don't remember if somebody brought it up on the Sally Jesse Raphael show or if somebody brought it up on another documentary that we watched about it, but they said that Carmen and her niece were big fans of that movie, The Entity, Yeah. which we've done a show about that a very long time ago, which was like the Doris Bither case, and that one also had apparently supernatural uh, sexual assault, so they were kind of implying that maybe that's where they got the idea from. But when poltergeist activity happens, it's real open to suggestion. Whatever you're worrying about, that's kind of what it does. So maybe they liked that movie and they were afraid they were going to get sexually assaulted, so that's what it did. Right. That's another way to look at it. That's why I'm saying I'm not real not real quick to just throw it out. Um, I'm not either. I wasn't there, it's but a, it's yeah, just... Yeah, I wasn't there. It's a weird-ass case, though. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, like I said, one thing that I had forgotten about, about the... Haunting, a haunting in Connecticut, the pilot episode, which was from 2002. Um, I had forgotten, one, that they changed everyone's names, that everyone was just in uh, Shadow. Like, I think they had Carmen on there, they had Tammy on there. Um, was that it? Was that, like, all of the real people that were on there? It was, it was just Carmen and Tammy? No, on the, and now, no, it was, it was um, Tammy's boyfriend? No, Tammy's... Remember, there's this young guy there, remember? Oh, that was one of the younger brothers. One of the younger brothers, that's right. Because they had four kids. Yeah, it's one of the younger brothers. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. One of the younger kids. Yeah. Right, right, right. But he was in Shadow also. Yeah, because I knew there was one more person. And they didn't have Alan on there. I don't know. Did they get divorced later on? I don't know. I don't know. But, so, I think we've done a show about this before. Like I said, they changed everyone's names, but they kind of kept most of the details the same. I don't know if they ever mentioned where the Snedekers lived prior to them moving to this house in Connecticut. I'm assuming it was another state because they were talking about how far a drive it was. 
And they were saying we have to drive into Connecticut, or he had got his job transferred into Connecticut. So I'm assuming they lived in a neighboring state is what I'm imagining. But I don't know if anybody, I don't think they mentioned where that was. So yeah, this happened in the 80s. Now they had a kid who I think at the time he was, what, 14? Somewhere around there. Yeah. And he had Hodgkin's lymphoma. And he had to go get these treatments at this hospital at University of Connecticut because it was like specialists and stuff like that. And wherever it was that they lived, it was like a four hour drive like each way. And they had to go like every day. So Carmen is driving, the, the kid's name, real name is Philip, but they called him something else on the show and I don't remember what it was. But so they're driving him back and forth. Um, you know, he can't really, he, it's wearing him out and it's just really far. And so basically they're just like, well, maybe we should, until his treatments are finished, maybe we should, I mean, you know, understandably, maybe we should rent a house closer to the hospital so we don't have to like fucking drive back and forth all the time because it's fucking eight hours. I mean, that's like a whole work day. They are just driving. So they do that. Now, Carmen on the show, she says, I don't even remember what they, what her name was, like what her pseudonym was that they called her on the yeah, show. Yeah, I don't know. Kathy, Karen, something, something like, like that. that. Something like that. But I'm just going to call her Carmen because I know I that's what her real was. name was. I know what, it's, what her real name was. So she's like, well, I, we had four kids and a lot of places won't rent to you if you have that many kids, which is true. That was true when I was growing up as well because my parents ran into that also because they also had four kids and some landlords were like, oh no, you know what I mean? You're going to tear this shit up. So she was just having a real hard time finding something that would be large enough for them, but you know, within their budget, which I'm imagining was not excessive. Um, she worked, although I don't think they said what she did because th here's the thing. Like I'm, she said she was working at the time, but it's like, how did she have the time to drive for eight hours? Like the sun back and forth. I don't know. Maybe she'd taken a leave of absence or something. And I think her husband, Alan was it like in construction, like he was a contractor or something like that. So maybe he made a lot of money. Yeah. So I'm assuming. Well, they'd had to, He'd had to make a pretty good amount of money just to pay for the, right. the doctor's bills. Yeah, I mean, it's like, and that was yeah. the thing, and that kind of, like, factored in later on because I'm just like, holy crap, like, cancer treatment, that's, like, millions and millions of dollars. I mean, you would just never pay that off. Back then, yeah. Um, yeah. So, and then plus having to pay, like, all the expenses of the house, and they have, yeah. like, three other kids, too, that are younger. Yeah. So, you know, feeding them and all that other kind of crap. Just probably, I don't know where they get all this money from. So... She's looking around. She can't find anything. And then she stumbles across this house. She says that she was just driving around the neighborhoods close to the hospital and saw the for rent sign in the yard. And she said the house looked big, um, so she didn't think she'd be able to afford it. But apparently the guy gave her a figure, and it was reasonable. Now, what they didn't mention in the A Haunting episode or in the Hollywood movie that they made of it later, which we'll talk about was that I'm pretty sure the whole house wasn't theirs. I think the house had been, I mean, at least from what they were saying um, on the Sally Jesse Raphael show and what I read, like from outside sources, I think the house had been portioned out into like apartments. Because it's a big house. It's still there. It's in, um, what the hell is the name of that town? Southington or something like that. And it's on Meridian Street. I think it's still there. And it used to be a funeral home, which is one of the big things. But I'm pretty sure that while they were living there, like there were other tenants 
You know what I'm saying? Like living in other apartments because I think it had been broken up into apartments. Yeah. That was kind of what the implication. And like I said, on a haunting, they didn't mention that. They made it yeah. look like, oh my god, it's this big house. Yeah, there was one uh, program that we saw. They had, they they briefly uh, interviewed one of the tenants that were, that was living in there, and she was pissed off the whole thing. Uh, this all this ghost business. Yeah, because she's like, I lived here for she however she lived here. long. She said she didn't see anything. I didn't see anything. And she said, oh, they're just making. She lived upstairs. Yeah. <clears throat> but. Um, Snedeker said that she was full of shit. That she did see it. I don't know. I don't know either. Said she was just trying to cover it up. Danny says in the TV version when she was mopping the floor and the water turned to blood was from Amityville 2. That's right. They did do that. In that. When did Amityville 2 come out? We just reviewed that not too long ago, didn't we? Yeah, I don't know what date that was. Though. I'm, well, it came out before 1986 or 1987. That's for sure. So again, maybe they were just getting the yeah. ideas from movies. You know? Um, he like also I said a poltergeist is open to suggestion. Sure. Yeah, I, yeah. Happen. That doesn't mean it didn't happen. That yeah. just means oh, we saw the movie. We had that idea that it was gonna. Yeah, yeah 1982. He says that's right. when that came out. Or like I said, the the other possibility is that they saw the shit in the movies and they're like, oh, that seems scary. Let's yeah. put that in our story. And know? they weren't savvy enough to know that other people had seen that movie. I don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's like um yeah we yeah. saw that movie too. Uh yeah he says a necrophiliac funeral home. Yeah, I kind of feel like the whole thing about the funeral home, nobody said anything about necrophilia until Ed Warren. Yeah, Ed. And I was like, maybe that's your thing, Ed. Yeah. Among other things. Ed's trying to figure out why is it a funeral home? Why is this shit so sexual? Well, they were having sex with it. But but he's he's quick to say it wasn't the owner of the funeral home, though. Just some low-level person that worked there. Yeah, or, you know. Didn't name them. He didn't want to get sued. Sure. You know. Yeah, because if you said, hey, this motherfucker that used yeah, to work yeah. there, it's like he used to fuck the dead bodies. It's like, I'd be like, yeah, I'd be suing your ass for fucking libel, Ed Warren. I don't care how much you like, yeah, threatened to punch me. He was real careful. I'll knock your ass out. Well, he's dead now, so it doesn't matter. But you every know what time, I mean? <laughs> every time I heard him mention that, heard him mention it twice on two different shows, yeah. he says it wasn't the people that owned the, uh, the, the funeral home. They weren't doing it. But something was going on there at one time or another. Just that kind of shit. Right. Hmm. Like I said, I, I think that's maybe Ed Warren's fantasy. Yeah, <laughs> Ed liked to uh, he liked uh, sensationalism, man. He tried to sell oh, big these, time. He was into selling these cases because they wanted to write books about them and have their little museum and stuff. And you know, this it well, was, that's it this was, was their livelihood. It was their livelihood, yeah. Because they didn't, as far as I'm aware, because we've done a couple shows about the Warrens. As far as I'm aware, they didn't directly charge money to the families who they helped. I don't know if that's the case or not, but some of the families that they helped said, yeah, they didn't charge me any money. They just wanted rights to the story. And I, Yeah, and I think that's how they made their money out of it is that they yeah. used the stories and turned them into books and lecture tours and yeah. things like that that they would sell. So that's how they ended up making money out of the people's stories. But they didn't charge the families directly as yeah. far as I'm aware. Well, most of the families didn't have money anyway. That's what I'm saying. And they wanted to be included on the case. That's right. So they got their street cred. Because maybe the family was hoping, too, that it's like, hey, we're going to cash in, like, Amityville Horror, you know what I mean? Because yeah. look at that. That that book sold a bajillion copies, and that movie was, like, a huge hit back in the 70s. So I'm sure somebody got, like, a good a chunk of change out of that. But, yeah, the guy that wrote the book um, about this case was a horror fiction writer named Ray Garten. And the book was called In a Dark Place, In a Dark Place, In the Dark Place. I can't remember. But it was one of those. Now, Ray Garten has gone on record as saying he kind of um, 
he's kind of like I he sort of what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, where you like abandon something? Uh, you abandon? Nah, well, you know <laughs> what I mean. No, I don't know. He disowned it. He disowned okay, it. That's okay. the word I was looking for. Disowned it. I'm losing my mind. I swear to God. Um, so he disowned so the book. Cute feet. Well, I'm sure that'll feet. help me as my as my mind goes. Her feet are like this big right now. I thought you didn't like feet. I like them now. Oh, okay. I like them now, now you like feet. I like them now, yeah. I don't even have any shoes on them. Okay. So that's like feet. that's really yeah, that's your feet really something. Cute. I even have a little painted toenail. It's a hormones. It's <laughs> he's on the hormones. So suddenly he likes feet. Yeah, now. yeah, I like feet. Now. <laughs> that's really funny because he used to tell me all before. He's like, "Oh my god, feet are so gross," but I guess not anymore. Yeah. But um, but yeah. So he said he's disowned the book, and he claims that when he interviewed the Snedekers. For, you know, to help him write the book, because it's supposed to be quote unquote nonfiction. He says none of them could keep their stories straight, and he was getting really frustrated. And he asked Ed Warren about it, and Ed Warren just said, just make it up and make it scary. Um, allegedly. So so I don't know. I haven't read the book. I don't know like what it's all about. Now, okay, so in the haunting episode, the first creepy thing that happens is the mop water, right? Isn't that the first creepy thing that happens? Yeah. Like, I don't know if, like, minor shit... Well, okay, because they move in. Now, Carmen claims... In the defense of this shit, though, <laughs> having been involved in a real case, when he says they couldn't keep the story straight, I'd like to hear exactly what had happened. Because I remember a lot of shit that happened and then in, in Mammoth Mountain, and I, I forgot a lot of it, too. And I definitely didn't remember the order that everything happened. Yeah, and that's understandable. But... But Red remembered more than I did, and it was sometimes in contrary to what I remembered, but he was an adult, and I was only, like, 15 at the time. Yeah, that's enough. So, yeah, you're 13. You're 13, younger. Yeah, yeah, 13, probably, yeah. So he could remember it better than I... He remembered a lot of stuff that I'd forgot. Right. As soon as he said it, it was, oh, yeah, I forgot about it. Well, like that. I said, he was an adult and right. you were a kid. I don't remember so, shit from when I was 13 years old. If somebody was trying to write a book about... Which Jan wrote a book about ours, it, it was kind of hard to keep certain things straight. It's mostly the order. But honestly, y'all's stories were remarkably consistent. Yeah. I will say that. Yeah, like, little details differed here and there. Yeah. Like, some of you remembered, oh, this happened before that happened. You're like, no, 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 that happened before that happened. Yeah. And, like, little details were different. But overall, and I interviewed you, and I interviewed Lois and Red, like, separately. Right. Um, and y'all all told pretty much the same, yeah. the general same but story. Somebody else might have might have said, no, they couldn't keep the story straight. Depends on how stringent, or, you know, or how unforgiving right. somebody is. I'm willing to give forget because, like I said, I you know I don't remember when certain shit happened or did this happen before that happened or yeah. something like that. But if everybody's story is like broadly consistent, then yeah, yeah that's that's I right. would go with that. So I don't know. I'm just saying that the writer said that um, and said that Ed Warren specifically told him just make stuff up if you can't figure it out. Um, just make sure it's scary because they were just trying to sell books, I guess. So that's what they were saying. So I think the first thing that happened. So they move into this place. Carmen said. She claimed that she didn't know that it was a funeral home when they moved in because she said, I went in there to look around and it was still being renovated. And the, the, like the basement where all the funeral home shit was, was like blocked off. So she couldn't really go down there. So she was just kind of like looking around upstairs or whatever. And then she was just like, yeah, this is like perfect. It's only a few minutes away from the hospital. Like it's big enough for all of us. Cause I think it was a five bedroom house. I want to say five bedrooms and two bathrooms and it had like that big ass basement that you could use for um for uh bedrooms as well which the boys did 
But so she just kind of went ahead and rented it. And then she says that later she found out it was a funeral home. So this was like a point of contention because the owner, either the owner or the landlord, um, claimed later that it's like, oh, we absolutely told her it was a funeral home. And like everybody in town knew it was a funeral home. And like when they were on Sally Jesse Raphael, some people came on and said, oh, there was a big sign out front that said, I think it was Hall- was it Hallahan? Hallahan funeral home was the name of it and they said it was a big sign out front that still said that but then like some of their other neighbors said no this there was a sign out front but it had plywood over it like and it had had plywood over it for years and years so you wouldn't necessarily know it was a funeral home another thing too i think in the haunting episode um and we might have brought this up when we talked about it before i think they exaggerated how much funeral home shit was like down there in the basement because i think they said and I, I don't even know if they put this in the episode. And there was um, a body hoist in there that went from the basement up until up to, I believe, the master bedroom. Because that's where they would bring the bodies up from the, you know, embalming room or whatever, like up into where the funeral was held. So that was there. I did see footage of the house, like the Warrens were in there. So the body hoist was in there. But in the haunting episode from 2002... They show them going into this room and there's basically like a whole fucking morgue in there, man. It's just kind of like all the tools are just laying there. There's like a big fucking gurney. There's like this. Uh, there's like the tanks that would have had formaldehyde and shit like that in there. I don't think it was quite that egregious. You know, I think they did leave some shit behind. And like I said, there was a body hoist in there. I'm sure that's established. But I don't think, I, you know, there was like a table with like a sink. There was a gurney in there. And I think there was a couple other things, like maybe that bone saw thing that's, like, attached to the wall. I think that was there, but I think that was about it. And then, like, later the landlord came in and removed some of the shit. They said, well, they left the body freezer in there because it's like, hey, it's a freezer. You guys can use it. Put all your food in there where all the dead bodies were. I mean, you know, whatever. They cleaned it. It's fine. Yeah, bleach, kill all that. Sure. It's. I don't think I'd be bothered. I mean, to be honest, they kind of made a big deal about it, which I can see how you would. Um... I don't know. I'm sitting there thinking it's like, man, if the rent was that cheap, I don't know how cheap the rent was, but they were saying it's like, yeah, it was real cheap for like a big a house that size. But I, do, I honestly don't think it would bother me. I don't think it would bother me that the house is. They didn't have home. it themselves all by themselves though. That's what I'm saying, and that well, that was something that they didn't really bring up yeah. either in the haunting episode or in the movie. There yeah. were other people living in the house. Yeah, there were. It was part portioned off into apartments yeah it's creepier to think that they were in there alone and i think that's probably why Why they they did that that. i think that's why they did that and evidently the other person living there said she didn't see anything yeah she lived like an apartment upstairs yeah because if you look at it like i said it's um the address i think is 208 meridian avenue might still be there um it's a big house like it looks like a pretty big house i don't know how many people were living there other than them yeah, you know, and a lot of the, a lot of the details in this case have been kind of erased in both the television show and the movie, and it wasn't in the Sally Jesse show. I remember, I remember in other talk shows that they had pictures, drawings of the apparitions that they were seeing. One of them was like a crazy dude in a, in tails, like a like a like a butler, right? And he was uh, evil. And then they had uh, some other guys. They talk about the dude with the black eyes, the evil dude. Yeah. They talk about him in the movies and in, in the uh, in the haunting episode. But the thing is, is that he was only one of them. They had about eight of them that they kept seeing. 
Yeah, See, they, they got rid of the, all that from, right. from you know. I guess they were just trying to simplify the story, making yeah. it creepier. Because how they kind of approached the haunting episode was that they were trying to say, I think they, I don't know if they said this outright, but I think they were trying to imply that this man in the suit that Philip kept seeing was a demon because it was essentially like controlling his behavior. Yeah. Um, they were kind of ambiguous about it, like sometimes referring to it as a spirit or like an evil spirit or something, but I think they wanted you to think that it was like demonic. Well, he was talking bad about the rest of the family and trying to talk him into going going up there and killing them. Right. That's that's basically all he said. And I think the implication too he was... He was telling him to write poems. Yeah. It was, was turned into poems. a goth, basically. Yeah. He was writing <laughs> poems, listening to heavy metal music. Yeah, like you do. But they were like, and his mom was going like, Who, that, that, you know... Why'd you write that? Because that the man told me to do that. He, he, that was his poem. That type of deal. Yeah, I think one of the first things that happened. So, so you have Carmen um, saying that she was mopping the kitchen floor and the mop water turned to blood. Interestingly, in the fictional movie adaptation, they have that scene happen, but the mom doesn't see it. Only the son does. Yeah. Which is kind of to say that she didn't believe the kids for a long time and she thought they were making shit up. Yeah, like a year, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a while. Like a year, yeah. It was a while. Like, even for a while, she thought that the son, Philip, that, like, the medication that he was on for the cancer was making him hallucinate or was yeah. giving him, like, mental problems. Because she took him to a psychologist and, like, all this other kind of shit because she thought that he was having problems. Like, she didn't yeah. believe any of that shit was real. Because all the kids seem to see the shit first, right? They they implied in the haunting episode that the little girl, I don't know if they said what her name was in the but her real name was Jennifer. Um, that she saw a lady in her room, like a ghost lady. And also, Philip and his brother, his younger brother, they both shared a bedroom down in the basement, which was where all the funeral home shit was. It looked like it was par- like partitioned off into like two things i don't know if that's what it was really like because it was like a door in between and you know you close the door but then behind the door was that's where the gurney and all the sink and all that other in the freezer and shit was so they said they would sleep in there and that sometimes they would see people walking around in the room like in the little funeral home area or hear people talking sometimes they saw people in the corner of their room like on their side of the room philip said that he heard people like a person like saying his name there was that and also this and this kind of freaked me out this this part they said at some point they started sleeping with all the lights on because they were scared right their dad got mad because he was like oh my god my electric bill is like four bajillion dollars and it's just like you guys are leaving the fucking lights on all the time because you're scared of ghosts which don't exist so he goes through and takes out all of the light bulbs except one Except, like, one in, like, a little desk lamp, like, right there next to their bed. And they said that after that happened, then the lights in their bedroom, like, the overhead lights would go off and on, even though there was no bulbs in there. And they also said that their sister, Jennifer, who I don't know how old she was. She was little. About seven, right? Yeah, she looked about seven. That she came downstairs and was flicking the switch back and forth, but they were implying that she was possessed, like somebody was making her do that. Um, but they're like that; sh- they shouldn't have been able to come on the lights no, because they weren't any they bulbs up. Yet. That's not what they implied. Because when 
the boy said he woke up because the lights were flickering on and on. He was yeah. looking up and there was there was no light bulb in there, and he looked at the staircase, the staircase where you know from from upstairs and standing there was his sister. Oh, that's right. She was like she's not on. possessed. It was like a ghost. Yeah, and then that looked like her. He goes, "What are you doing?" And, and, and you know, she's she's "What are you doing? Me. What are you doing?" And then she ran up the stairs, and he ran after her. And, and her parents were at the top of the stairs at the table, and she goes, "Did she just run through here?" And he says, "No, she's up. She's been asleep all that's night." That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. So it was it was just a, an apparition of her. Yeah. So so there was that. So it started doing weird shit like that. Um, Philip, the fourteen year old who had cancer. Seemed to be the most affected. Like I said, the other kids saw shit too. Carmen saw shit too, but seemed to kind of blow it off. So the kids all saw this stuff. They were freaking out. Philip starts, his personality starts changing. He starts getting real aggressive. He starts like, you know, wearing black and gothing out like you do. Staying in his room. He doesn't want his brother being in the room with him anymore, even though they'd previously been really close. I said it sounded to me just like he was turning into a teenager. Like that just happens. But implication being that this entity, whatever it was, was, whether it was demonic or whatever, was, like, talking to him and, like, talking him into doing stuff. And at this point, too, he starts saying that that it was telling him to hurt his family. And he did, they kind of sugarcoated this in the haunting episode a little bit. They did show it, didn't they, in the fictional movie? Um, but not still not real graphic. Um, but they said that Philip tried to sexually assault his cousin, right? Tammy. Yeah. She woke up and he was down at the foot of the bed pulling the covers off of her. Right. She said, get out of here. And he jumped on the fucking bed and going, shh, trying to get her to be quiet. And, as, and she started screaming. Her mom came in and they, uh, they drove him out of there. And then they called the uh, the mental hospital. They took him out. And of they it. took him out, yeah. yeah. So he was in the mental hospital for yeah. a while. And then it, didn't he say, like, when they were taking him away, it's like, oh, they'll be after you now or yeah, something Yeah, he like said, that. now that I'm gone, they'll be after you. Right, that's what he told them. Yeah. And then, like, that's supp- when it started supposedly them. after that, yeah. And like I said, in the haunting episode, I guess I understand why they did this, they did not even mention the butthorking. Yeah. They did not mention. Well, I don't think that's happened until later. It didn't, but they still didn't mention yeah, they it. Didn't they, mention didn't, it they didn't mention it in the movie they movie didn't either. They didn't sexual assaults either. No. They, yeah. Pretty much the closest they got, they did imply that Philip tried to sexually assault his cousin. Like, he went up to her room and jumped on her and stuff. And also, um, I think they did just sort of mention that Tammy... Um, I don't even know if they mentioned this, because I remember they mentioned it on the Sally Jesse show, but, um, but Tammy said she was laying in bed and she felt a hand, like pulling her bra strap off all the time and yeah. i thought they implied that it was like trying to touch her boob yeah or it was such or it came up under her shirt well in the sally jesse show carmen said that she heard that at one point i don't know when this happened they never really tell you at what phase this happened that she saw underneath her blouse a hand moving up she saw the knuckles and everything on it right uh fucking go up her front of her dress to, to where her breast was and then go over the top of her Shoulder and, and 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 she said it disappeared into the wall. Into the wall, yeah, like behind her. She said it. She just it was like a bony hand. She said, I think she said on another one because I heard her tell that. I think I, I heard her tell that story more than once, on one of those shows. Yeah, they were on a lot of talk shows back in the day. And they asked her to describe the hand. She said the can actually had a cuff on it, on it from a suit and a cuff link. 
Oh, really? I don't remember yeah, her saying that's what she that. Said, that's what she said. And I remember her saying that. That was years ago, though. She said it was just like like a drawing of a hand. You know what I mean? Ah. Like another drawing of hands where it had like the cuff length like pointing this way. Right, I got that's you. That's kind of what she said. She said that when it, oh, when it came up, it actually had a cuff on it and a cuff length. But Ghost there was no is, arm. Ghost is a fucking fervor, like I think. Yeah. Weird. She said it was just a bony white hand. Yeah, she said... Well, I, she seemed to imply on the Sally Jesse show that on multiple occasions, like, the thing had, like, pulled her covers off, like, while she yeah. was sleeping. But I don't know how often that the hand coming up under the under her shirt was. And they did the whole she said shower she, curtain thing, too. Yeah. Uh, what was her name, Tammy? Yeah. Yeah, Tammy said... That was that, a real name, yeah. Uh, she said that uh, um, she could feel its hand coming up through the bed. Remember? Yeah. And grabbing her, she said it was like. And then another time, she said, "It one time it felt like a, a thousands of hands all over." Her. Yeah. Another time. Yeah, that's right. She did say that, didn't she? Yeah. So it's interesting that on a haunting, you know, the pilot episode, they didn't really bring up any of the sexual assault stuff. Maybe I don't know if they just thought that would be too salacious. It's supposed to be a family show, or if they thought it was too outlandish. Like maybe people wouldn't buy it. I'm not oh, really man, sure. I think the Atlanta shit fucking, that, that was the most impressive part of the That's case, what right? I mean. It's just kind of like, because not only did Tammy have that stuff ha- happen to her, allegedly, but Carmen, both Carmen and her husband, said that this entity had, like, sexually assaulted them. Yeah. It was a sexually assaulting poltergeist of some sort. Right. That could make apparitions. Weird. Danny says the son with cancer died because the cancer came back later on in his Eventually. life. Eventually. Yeah, he did. Um, when they made the haunting episode in 2002, um, that was prior to his death. So they were like, oh, you know, his cancer went into remission and he's fine and everything like that. But he did actually die later on. I don't remember how old he was, maybe in his 20s or 30s. 30s. Um, he's been in his 30s. But yeah, I think that he, um, but he did die later on with the cancer returned. And in 2002, he'd probably been in his 30s. Yeah, yeah that's right. Because yeah, he was older than me. Yeah, because so. he was 14 in 1986. Yeah. Which is about... We're actually, about no, age. that's that's the same age We're as me. Same, yeah. That's yeah. the same age as me. Okay. Because I was also 14 in 1986. Yeah. So he... Yeah, he's exactly the same age. He would have been about 30. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So yeah, he probably... He died after 2002. So yeah, he was in his 30s. But yeah, he did die later on. So... So they didn't really go into that, which, like I said, to me was, one, it's probably, like, the least believable, I guess, or the aspect of the case that people would find least believable, I guess. But, um, and like I said, I can understand why they didn't want to put it in there. They didn't mention it in the fictional movie either. And I'm going to say the fictional movie um, is a good film, but um, after a certain point, it doesn't really have much to do with the actual case anymore. Yeah, it diverges from it pretty greatly. It div- diverges pretty wildly. Yeah. I understand that they were trying to make a narrative yeah. behind it, like why this was happening in this yeah. funeral home, like why it was haunted in this particular way, like who the ghosts were and shit, but... Yeah, it's a decent flick. It is, yeah. But really, I, I prefer the fucking haunting episode, this, this one here. Like you said, I had yeah. forgotten how crude the old haunting episodes it's were. Crude. Yeah, the, the, and it's kind of slow moving because yeah. you know it's they bad. they were they were movie length. They were yeah. ninety minutes. Yeah, uh, the pilots because they were yeah. trying to see if it would be a successful, you know, which right. it was obviously because that fucking shows. It had some really good drone footage of the snow and everything, um, but it was that was kind of ahead of its time for two thousand two to have some drone footage. Yeah, footage. Uh, so, but uh, it's it's. 
it's the aspect ratios for old televisions. It's very video-ish looking, like VC. It is, yeah. Very video-ish looking. Looks like it was uh, recorded with a video cam, with with a camera, or what I was gonna say, a phone. Looks like it was made off a phone, kind of. No, I guess not. No, it wasn't that bad. Well, that I bad. well, I don't know. Just something about the the motion. It wasn't. It did, the later ones were almost like it was like cinema. The other ones. Yeah, they did actually try in the later seasons. You could yeah. tell that they were trying to go for more like a cinematic kind yeah. of look to them, which right. you know, or in a kind of setup like that. Yeah, the early ones were very much early two thousands TV. Almost kind of like Blair Witch Project. Not quite that janky, but Not yeah, that janky, but because I mean, Blair Witch Project was made with like really cheap equipment. Um, yeah. Danny says, the whole spirit medium idea for the Hollywood version was a nice touch. I mean, to have a seance in a funeral home is creepy as fuck. Yeah, and I will say that that angle didn't come from nowhere. Because at least according to Carmen Snedeker, she did find, she didn't find like a whole cache of like weird dead people photos like they did in the movie. But she said that they did find a couple photos of, you know, the dear departed and like toe tags and shit like that so i'm guessing that that just little germ of an idea is where they got the whole backstory that's in the hollywood movie from 2009 which i did like that i like because i like anything having to do with spiritualism or mediums or anything like that so i like and seances and ectoplasm and all that kind of stuff so i did like that angle but like I said, after a time, it just went way off. So if you're, and it's weird because you watch the movie and it says based on the true story, which I'm like, yeah, like the first 20, 30 minutes are maybe, yeah. but like after that, it just goes completely crazy. Yeah. Like it doesn't have anything to do with, with what they claimed. Yeah. They didn't have any priests in there, did they? Um, the, just the one guy. Okay. Now I will say that the haunting yeah, in Connecticut, guy, 2009. That's right. Because for a second, I'm sitting there, I was like, this is not in the Conjuring universe, is it? With the yeah. ones with the with the Warrens as characters, yeah. like with Vera Farmiga and yeah. uh, Patrick Wilson. Is that that dude's name? I can't yeah. remember. <laughs> uh, with the two of them. Yeah. Um, which are good. Like, those are good movies, too. But I was like, I'm pretty sure this is not in the Conjuring universe. I said, but we'll see, because I hadn't seen it a lot. I saw it before, but it was a long time ago. So I was just like, I'm pretty sure the Warrens aren't in this, um, which is fine with me. Um, and yes, I was right. They actually replaced the Warrens, which who did show up at the Snedeker house in real life, um, with just like a priest character played by Elias Coteas, who I really like a lot. I still, you know, it's hilarious. I, he's been in a million things. I know that, but it's like I still remember him from that John Hughes movie, Some Kind of Wonderful, like as the skinhead punk rocker dude who like carved like this skeleton girl with braids like on his desk. And then he goes to the dude, he's like, this is what my girlfriend would look like without skin. <laughs> I don't know why I remember that, but that was him from that movie. So he's in this as a priest who is also dying of cancer, and he meets the character who's named Matt in the movie, right? Like, yeah, they, like I said, they changed, the, they changed it to the Campbell family, so they changed all their names. So he meets Matt at the cancer treatment center, and uh, they get to talking about but the implication in the movie, and I think this kind of came from real life too, because weren't they saying that maybe the reason that Philip, which is the kid's name in real life, um, was kind of the most tormented by the entity or entities or whatever it was, was because he was much closer to death than everyone else. 
And they kind of take that concept in the movie and kind of run with it. Because for a lot of it, he sees shit and nobody else does. You know? Like, I think they even took some stuff that Carmen saw or said she saw in real life, like the bloody mop water. And they, and the whole thing about the dishes, like putting the dishes out on the table and then they go back in the cabinet. They actually make the character of Matt, that happens to him in the movie, but Carmen doesn't see it. Yeah, they flipped a lot of stuff around. They flipped a lot of stuff around to make it look like it was just him that was experiencing the stuff and nobody else did. But in real life, like I said, all of the kids said that they saw stuff and then Carmen said she saw stuff later on. And then obviously the husband, um, you know, got butthorked and various other things. What what else did he say happened to him? Did he say he Uh, saw some shit? I don't remember if he said anything about um, other paranormal manifestations other than... Maybe I was just so distracted was, by the butthorking that I was yeah, just kind of like, didn't listen to anything else that he said. I was under the impression that he saw the same things that they saw, that he was in... in okay, another thing that he saw is he went to work and his his car... Oh, that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. into the building that he was in. Did they put that in the movie movie? I think they did. Yeah, because that was another thing that... Because their whole thing was because a lot of people, when, they were, <coughs> when the Snedekers were on Sally, Jesse, Raphael... A lot of the people in the audience, because you know how they fucking do in these talk show audiences, everybody has to just, like, stand up and yell at you. And they're like, why don't you just leave? Why don't you move? Blah, blah, blah. Like, if it was my kids, I'd be out of there the first night. Yada, yada. You know, they all kind of are fucking armchair warriors. So, well, they said, well, it followed us. Yeah. And apparently they said that Alan, the dad, like, he went to work at the construction site he was working at, and his truck started itself up and drove into the building that he was in. Yeah. Which I guess was just like a trailer type situation. So they did put that, they did put that in the haunting episode. I don't remember if they put it in the actual, in the fictional movie. I think he was seeing, he was seeing the sexual assaults though sometimes when he was there, and I think he was seeing those apparitions if I remember correctly. He, we had, we had to dig up some other shows. Yeah. Later on the talk shows. Yeah. Uh, because I, I think he 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 remembered seeing quite a bit from her. I remember him saying that he saw quite a bit actually. Yeah. So he you know he believed it. I will say one thing that I did really like about the Hollywoodized version. Um, like I said, don't watch it if you're going to do, uh, I don't know why you'd be doing a report on the Snedeker haunting, yeah. but if you were for school or something, um, don't watch that movie thinking that's going to be accurate because it's no. absolutely not. Uh, especially after the first 20, 30 minutes or so, it just, it goes off in its own direction, which is fine. But um, uh, so, so I kind of feel like I did like, all the acting in it was really good. I'm going to say that. Uh, I love Virginia Madsen. Yeah. Um, you know, she's been in a million things. I obviously remember Candy her from Man. Candyman yeah. from 1992. Martin Donovan is in it, who I <coughs> fucking love Martin Donovan. Uh, he was in all those Hal Hartley movies like back in the day. He was also in one of the Masters of Horror episodes. Uh, I think it was the Right to Life one, which was kind of based on that Terry Schiavo case, if you guys remember that. Um, but yeah, so, but I've always really liked him as an actor. I don't know how accurate it is because in the movie they made him like a recovering alcoholic. Like it didn't play too much into the plot, but they did kind of bring it up a couple times that he had been a drunk and he was just kind of like the the worse shit got, like the more stressful it got, like the more he was like tempted to go back into the drinking and then like he went to a bar one night and got shit faced. And, and I kind of liked that after that, like he came back to the house and they sort of took the whole thing about the dad unscrewing all the light bulbs, which apparently he did in real life. 
But in the movie, they made it so he comes back drunk from the bar. He's like, why are all these lights on in the house? And he smashes all the light bulbs. So yeah. I kind of like that they dramatized it like that. Because it's kind of based on something that really happened, but they had Not to... Not really. He, tur- he, he got... He's like, why is the light... You know, why is the bills like this? And he ran... Right. He collected all the light bulbs. Yeah. yeah, like in real life, he was just kind of like, why is the electric bill so high? Why are you kids are sleeping with right. the lights on all the time? So he just went and unscrewed all the light bulbs. But in the yeah. movie, like, he comes home drunk, and he's like, all the fucking lights are on, and he smashes them all. So, like I said, it was kind of the same thing. But they just, like, over-dramatized it. So if you haven't seen the movie, like I said, it's not a great movie. It's it's a fine. It's fine. Um, it had some creepy moments. A little jump scary um, for me. But like I said, all of the acting was really good. It had, like, some really creepy imagery in it i really liked all the um the creepy old seance imagery like the old um you know people like posing next to their dead relatives like they used to do back in the day like all the bodies that had all the writing writing on it um did you guys notice i don't know if you guys noticed this but a couple of the bodies pretty sure they were putting some little easter eggs in there because i know that i saw one of the words on one of the bodies was suspiria (laughs) And I'm pretty sure it said Tenebrae also. I'm like, oop, somebody's a Dario Argento fan. I see that. I see you. But um, I like that. Although I will say, was I not paying attention? The lore behind it, a little convoluted, gonna say. What exactly was the guy... Okay, so Jonah was the boy that Matt was seeing like in his visions and stuff who had lived in this house. Yeah. And then he had that mad doctor guy, sort of, who was trying to amplify his powers, like to his medium powers, by doing some kind of like necromancy, like some kind of black magic. I never really got what with it was the dead bodies. So he stole dead bodies because they said yeah. there were like a hundred dead bodies, like in the cemetery. Like they found all these empty graves, and he would bring them back to the house and like write all these like incantations and shit like on their skin. Yeah. And then he was keeping them in the house because obviously they they fi- yo they cut their eyelids off, which was like pretty nasty. That was probably that was really the only like squirmy moment in this because it's PG thirteen, so they didn't go too crazy like with the gore or anything. But they did show people like somebody cutting someone's eyelids off, so there's that. But so they find a box of eyelids later on, as you do. If you're in a house and you find a box of eyelids, maybe maybe move out, get get your damage deposit back, get the fuck out of there. I'm just saying. So it's just kind of like so he steals all these bodies, he writes these incantations on them, and then he. Stashes the bodies in the house, right? But it's like, so I didn't get the connection between why are we keeping the bodies in the house, which you would think you would have smelled, I would have thought, after a while. Because how long has this house been abandoned? I don't know. A long time. Those things were there for a But then, well, the thing about it, when they do the flashback, Jonah is at the, um, doing the seance. And he has the ectoplasm comes out his mouth, which is the, you know, the very iconic image that's on the poster, and then with the, the whole amplification deal that the guy was doing, it like cooks everybody at the seance. Like it just, it burns everybody up. Yeah. And then he ends up in the crematorium in the funeral home and it comes on by itself and burns him up alive. Yeah. So they're saying, well, Elias Coteus's character, the priest, he goes down there and he finds the remains of Jonah and takes them outside the house. But then he's like, oh shit, I fucked up. Like Jonah was actually keeping all the other spirits of the bodies like contained. And now they're all like running around loose or whatever. And so that's how that, so I'm just going to say that I wasn't super clear. And I've seen the movie two times at this point. I wasn't super clear on 
how we got from point A to point B with the dead bodies, you know, vis-a-vis the dead bodies in the house. Like, what were they doing in there? Why were they still in there? Um, what was going on with that? Did they just get left in there because the dude got burned up? I'm guessing. I, I did not understand the whole seance. I didn't understand that part, actually. Yeah, How like I kind of got it, but I yeah. wasn't real clear on all yeah, of the details. I, I didn't know what they were talking about. I haven't, yeah. It was just creepy shit they were showing me. I'm going, yeah, okay, that's creepy. Which, like yeah. I said, I did I really like all that creepy, it, like I liked all that creepy imagery, like of him like busting out the the doors, like at the end and all those bodies like flopping yeah. out, like that have writing all over them and shit. That yeah. was like really they're, cool. They're preserved, they're all embalmed. I guess. So they're not right, they're not rotting. You would think they, they still would after all that time. Oh yeah, but it's the movies. If they'd rot a bit, they'd be stinking like crazy. That's what I was thinking. It's like, man, what's that fucking smell in here? You at least smell the formaldehyde. Yeah, that's what you'd think. Yeah. I don't really know. So, yeah, so that whole whole angle, like, it's a good angle for a story, but it was added. Like, obviously. (coughs) There were no bodies left in the real Snedeker house. It's not their house. They just rented it. Yeah. Um, You know, they just moved in there. Creepy shit started happening. Didn't they say, like, that all the, um... You know how they had the uh, all the crucifixes and shit like over the doors and stuff like yeah. you would have in a funeral home, yeah. and it's like one by one they like disappeared. Uh, that was in, that was in the summer wind, wasn't it? No, no, no. That was, was it. Summer? Happened in this one too because okay. even in a haunting episode, remember she they keep gla- I don't think they yeah you looked up they brought a lot of attention to it, yeah. but it's like they kept looking up over the doors and there'd be like a little dust thing like yeah. where the crucifix was in and now it's gone. Episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, they had a little thing that was like it had a little cross and then it was like a little what do they call that thing like a little reliquary deal where you put shit and they would put their keys in there and like she there's one part where she comes in and goes to drop her keys in the thing and it's gone and then she's like hey this thing disappeared but they were like worried about other shit so they didn't really focus on it so that was another thing that I don't know if they really went into that in the fictional movie or not like I said the fictional movie is good it's not you know it's kind of a middle of the road haunting movie i think the thing that elevates it is the acting which is great and um just like i like a lot of the creepy imagery because i really love seance imagery i love that old like spiritualist type of thing and i really like all the actors in it um but other than that it's pretty middle of the road like haunted house type of story and like i said after the first act it's nothing like the actual, like yeah. what the actual story describes. Movie's actually better than a lot of the bullshit they'll come out with today. Okay, it's it's just very standard, just standard horror movie. Yeah, yeah. Haunted house movie. It's decent. It's okay. Yeah, like like I said, I've seen better, I've seen worse. Yeah. Um, you know, I I think all the actors did a really good job. Even the the actor that played the kid was good, even though he's. I mean, they made him look like hell, but he had cancer. You know what I mean? Um, but. And I think it was a good idea for a backstory, but like I said, I think it was a little too, maybe a little too out there, especially like considering what the actual uh, backstory of the case was. But, you know, as I said, and, and we talk about this a lot, because you talk about the Mammoth Mountain case that you went through. Yeah. You were like, it doesn't have a plot. Like yeah. if they made a movie out of it, yeah. they would have to have they would have to come up with some kind of backstory about like right. why did it happen? Like linking all the stop? events together. Yeah. Because that's just what you do for a yeah. fictional story. Like real right. life isn't like that though. <coughs> yeah. A real poltergeist case is just random shit. Random <laughs> random occurrences that are happening one after another. Right. That are impressive. It's definitely trying to impress you with what it can do. We were trying to figure out what it all meant. It didn't mean anything. It was just trying to impress you. 
Yeah, because when you told me all the stuff, yeah. it just seemed like each each individual incident was yeah. creepy. Yeah. But it's like all together it didn't like add up to a narrative. No. So I feel like if you're gonna make it into a three act script, like to make a successful movie out of it, you have to have some kind of through line. You have to have some kind yeah. of narrative. So that's what they did here. I think they went a little out there with it, but it's fine. If you didn't know anything about the real case, then yeah. it probably wouldn't bother you all that much. Real poltergeists just do things in the moment. There's no plan. You know, there's no reason for it. Yeah. It just does things in the moment. And really, and the way that the Snedekers describe their Doesn't case, whether, whether it happened or not, I don't really yeah. know. But just like all the shit they said, it didn't really make a lot of sense. Like it yeah. didn't. <laughs> It didn't all tie together like well, into one narrative. It was I just random shit. Kind of in general think that something like a poltergeist happened there. Some of that stuff I think they did see. Um, a, po a poltergeist could do that if it wanted to. But uh, it, 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 there's no, like I said, there's no real narrative or purpose to it. Right. You can't read too much into it. It just does things in the moment. And that particular one evidently had a sexual bent to it. Which some of them do. That like I said, we theme. talked about the Doris Bither case, yeah. which also had that kind of uh, had that, kind, that of kind of energy to it. Yeah. Which, uh, it's not common, but you do see it in some yeah. poltergeist cases. The more it would scare you, the more scared you would you, you, were, you get in a poltergeist episodes, the, the, uh, the more threatening the poltergeist phenomenon becomes. So, if it had a sexual bend to it, and then it scared the shit out of you. It would get more and more sinister. But it evidently wasn't real consistent because it would stop doing that kind of stuff. It would do different things, according to their story. Yeah. It didn't stay just on the sexual angle. There was a lot of apparitions, too, apparitions which I feel like you don't yeah. see a lot in poltergeist-type cases. It's not unheard of, Either but it's not super common. Either apparitions or visions. Yeah. Because I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I really can, can't really imagine a poltergeist trying to go through all the problem, all the trouble of making a 3D solid looking apparition like a character, like a like a, like a a marionette character. It'd be easier for that thing to just put an image in your head, like, an, like, a, like a hallucination and you thought you saw it. It'd be a lot easier. Yeah. Less energy. We'd yeah, it'd just like make you see. Make you see something and it's not there. Right. It'd be a lot easier. John says it would be funny if the ghost had to, oops, if the ghost had to um, go around the neighborhood informing everyone he was a registered sex offender. Yeah. <laughs> like John Turturro on The Big Lebowski. Right? Yeah. We'll see, every time we watch an episode of A Haunting and they're, you know, just like, oh, we exercise the ghost to smell of sanctity, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Which is apropos in this because the yeah. Warrens had something to do with it. Yeah. Although she didn't say smell of sanctity. Mm -hmm. You smell that? That's the smell of sanctity. Yeah, with her little, no, like, no. her little fucking... <laughs> like, no, that's it. The farting. little bottle she keeps in her car. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. The air freshener. Like, no, um, that's it. Farting. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Ed Warren's uh, farts smell like roses. Yeah. Every, everybody knows yeah. that. He has a genetic disorder. Yeah, he has a way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> he sprays it up in, sprays it up he in sprays there. It up. Yeah, he sphincters it. <laughs> he keisters it. <laughs> and then he comes in and releases it. It's I like love how you trick. made that into a verb, Tom. Yeah. Keistering. <laughs> That's what we're going to call it from now something. on. That's what you put it in your ass. Putting something up your ass for, yeah. for later dispersal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we were yeah, we were making jokes about that. Yeah. But I, the first thing I always think of 
is that, yeah, we exercised the ghost from this house, and everybody's like, oh, shoo, that's over, and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, you just sent it to the fucking neighbor's house. Thanks a lot, assholes. Yeah. Like, the, the ghost is like, I don't care. I'm just going to go in the window next door and, like, possess yeah. their teenage daughter or whatever the fuck. So I was just going to think that's what's going to happen. Because wasn't there one episode of Haunting? I can't remember what one it was. But um, they said that they exercised, you know, or banished the spirit or whatever. And then didn't the guy, didn't he say he was, like, driving and saw the ghost, like, standing in the woods, like, a, like around the block or yeah. some shit? Yeah, what, what, what And I, I can't remember. It's a pretty good one. But it's like that, and that made me laugh, because I said, that's what I imagine every single time yeah. that the ghost is just like, I'm just going to go next door. Was like, I'm just going to stand here in the street and be like, hey. No, I guess it wasn't the ones with the spirits in the woods. I forgot which one that was. Yeah, that, it wasn't that one. It was uh, it was in a house. Yeah. And then, like, later he saw it just, like, standing out in, a, like, an empty lot or something. Yeah, looking at him. Like, looking at him like, I'm yeah. still here, motherfucker. And just yeah. like, yeah, but you're not in my house anymore. So, right. you know what I mean? It's always that kind of situation. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me see. Um, yeah, Elias Cateus in Let Me In was a great role. Yeah, um, Let Me In was actually one of the few... American remakes of a foreign film that was actually pretty fucking good. I mean, Let the Right One In is better, but Let Me In was also pretty good. Book is good, too, if you haven't uh, read that. Um, yeah, Danny says those dead people photos make an appearance in the film The Others. Oh, my God, we really need to review that one of these days because I love that fucking movie, and I don't think Tom's ever seen it. And he'd probably, like, really dig it because I think that movie's, like, super creepy. But, see, that's the thing. It, that imagery is just so effective because... There was a reason behind it why the Victorians took pictures of themselves with their dead relatives. Because, like, nowadays you're just like, what? That's weird as fuck. Like, it's really morbid. But, I mean, photography was not that common back then. So, it's like a lot of times, especially if you're, if the dead person was, like, a little kid, like, you didn't have any photographs of them. So, it's like, how are you supposed to remember them? It's like the only time you could take a photograph of them is after they were already dead. The weird thing about it, though, is that the creepiest ones to me are the ones with the moms that are but they put like a black like cover over themselves so it's like you can't see them even though you obviously can because it's like a person with a black sheet over their head and they're just like holding the dead baby so it's that is like so fucking creepy i was just like gee why not just put the mom and the baby in there that just seems like less unsettling i don't know why you'd want to have a photo of just the dead baby with like an obvious obviously that's the mom like holding it but they're covered up with a black sheet that was always like really weird to me but like I said, it's not, once you know the context, it's not as, I mean, it's still creepy. The photos are still creepy. But um, once you know the context, it's not quite as creepy. It's just kind of sad. But I don't get the ones where the moms are covered up with black sheets, though. That's, like, super bizarre. Um, Hugo said, have I seen the new Exorcist? Um, we didn't really bother with it. It We saw the trailer, and it's like, well, it doesn't look too bad. But we just didn't get around to it. And then... It seemed like I was seeing reviews of it, and everybody's like, oh my god, don't bother. It's awful. Um, so we just didn't bother with it, you know? I'll probably see it one of these days, but I'm really behind on... I haven't even seen Evil Dead Rise yet, <coughs> even though it's on fucking Amazon Prime, and I'll get around to it one of these days, but I still haven't fucking seen it. Thank you very much, Aaron. That's very, very nice of you. Thank you very much. Haven't been to a live in a while. Love your shows, as always. Thank you. Aw, that's awesome. Uh, John says the last exorcism was okay. Yeah, that I liked that one too. Um, and I liked the exorcism of Emily Rose. Yeah, that was also good. That was based on, wasn't exorcism of Emily Rose. I think that was based on the Annalise McCall case. Uh, um, but I think they transplanted it to America and it had the actress. What's that actress's name that played? Remember the actress that played Dexter's sister? 
on Dexter. Yeah, yeah. Akeem, um, she's she's in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Exorcism of Emily Rose is actually pretty good, and the last Exorcism is good too. Is that the one that I'm thinking of? That's found footage, or a mockumentary, wasn't it? Ooh, Pookie's on. Yeah. Pookie's on. Um, yeah, Danny says new Exorcist was mediocre. Nothing special about it. Unlike The Last Exorcism. Yeah, I really liked The Last Exorcism. I remember liking that one. But yeah, so... I don't know. It's... I really... I do like The Haunting in Connecticut. But like I said, it's kind of a middle-of-the-road horror movie. Yeah, you know what I mean? Not fantastic. Yeah. Not... It's, it's just it's, it's just kind of okay. If you haven't seen it, you can watch it. Like, it's kind of creepy. Yeah. Like I said, the acting, I think, elevates it because there's really good actors in this. Um... And I do like the idea behind it, but like I said, it's not super close to the true story, and I think they went a little far with yeah. the believability yeah. of it. Um, but that's kind of, I don't know, that's a minor criticism. I think overall, very, like, very, it's a decent... Very, very loosely based. On very it. loosely. Yeah. Very loosely. Like I said, yeah. it does have, like, some aspects of shit that happened in the real case, like the bloody mop water and... Um, you know the the ex funeral home and them s seeing yeah. apparitions like a man in a suit and stuff like that. But after that, they just kind of go in wild directions. I think what this them. is is that they wanted to make a horror movie. They already had the script written. Then they said, you know, if we associate this with an actual case, we'll say it's based on that. Yeah, we'll so just add they, some details like from added, the actual yeah, case. Yeah, and then they added some. It does kind of the, the beginning that. of the case and in the, in the scenario. Yeah, that's that's the, the, no. The whole plot. It has nothing to do with this Netiquette case. And I, th I feel like that happens a lot. Yeah. Um, maybe it happens in other genres too, but I am aware of it happening a lot with horror, where sometimes there'll be just like a random script that's floating around Hollywood, and people are like, hey, this script is kind of good, but probably no one will go see it because it's not associated with an existing IP, right. so let's slap an Amityville thing on it and... Yeah. You know, we'll have one scene take place at the Amityville house, or somebody will mention Amityville, or something like yeah. that. So they'll just kind of like try to shoehorn it into like right. something, like something with some name recognition. So I do kind of feel like they do. I think that some of the later sequels, especially of maybe like the Hellraiser movies and stuff like that, I think those were completely unrelated scripts yeah. that they just kind of like massaged into, like to fit into the lore. What was that Amityville Four that was happening in California, and they had the damn lamp? Was that the fourth one? No, I think that was the mid, the fifth one or the sixth. There, I think there's well, because the thing about it is that the Amityville house, there's no copyright on that as far as I know because yeah. it's just a house. It's a real quote yeah. unquote real haunting. Well, it's a real hoax haunting yeah. that happened. But so I'm guessing that you can write whatever the fuck you want about that case as long as you don't use any real people. Because I know yeah. that Amityville two was very loosely based on the actual DeFeo murders, but they changed everyone's name and they changed the year that it happened and they kind of changed some of the details and stuff, so I guess they wouldn't get in trouble. But there was the one... Yeah, we actually saw it at, on Riff Tracks Live at the theater. It's just called Amityville It's About Time. I think so. Something. But I don't know what number in the series it was, yeah, if four, you could five, even call six, it that. Something. And it's basically the only thing it has to do with Amityville is like it take the whole thing takes place in California. It's not in the Amityville house. It's yeah. not in Long Island or nothing. It's like the only thing is like doesn't the old lady buy a clock that used to sit in the Amityville house and the fucking clock is possessed by whatever fucking yeah, demon yeah, yeah. like but it's and a, I, yeah it's a clock. I thought it was a damn lamp. Was or yeah yeah it's, it's the right it's a lamp it's a lamp it's yeah, a lamp it's a lamp. 
It's a haunted lamp. A haunted lamp. And we're not even making and that. The up. lamp looks like a bent ass tree. That it's like, a haunted kind of like a hand, like, lamp. Kind of, kind of like a, a man with a damn glass globe on the top. It has nothing to do with the Amityville. Nothing. It was just, and you can tell, and you can tell. <laughs> that that was just like a completely random and, horror. And movie. it was <laughs> that they were like, "Hey, can we say that this haunted they just lamp slapped, they just came slapped, from the Amityville house?" Yeah, they just slapped Amityville onto it. Right. It had nothing to do with that shit. I mean, I get why they do that. I they're just, they're, game. they're just trying to make yeah, money. Trying to make money. But it's pretty. See the movie. But it's pretty obvious. If you're gonna pay a screenwriter <coughs> to kind of fuck with it, it's at least tie it in. More than that, I guess that screenwriter—they're like they didn't pay them all that much. They're like, "Fuck that!" It's just I'm gonna have one scene I don't where think it's like they gave a shit. They did not. They just looked at the numbers. They, and they did say, not. Okay, well, this is Amityville Five. Statistically, how much money is it gonna make? Or, okay, it's gonna be make most most of the money on VHS. So look, it doesn't really matter. All right. Just, yeah, we're gonna we spend gotta, X amount of money on it, yeah, like two million dollars under, or something. Under budget, like we'll use this script here. We'll just say it's Amityville. There it is. Yeah, it's just like we'll, we'll just put a scene at the beginning with like this, this like being yeah. like, look, what this lamp was in the Amityville house. Yeah. So it's like we just we send one person out to get some shots of <laughs> the, the outside of the Amityville house that looks like the Amityville. Because yeah. actually, the Amityville house <coughs> in Long Island doesn't look like that anymore. No, they changed those windows. On purpose. They changed the windows on purpose because yeah. everybody was like parking out in their front yard and like taking pictures of it. So you can't really blame them because actually, I'm pretty sure that house is still there, but it doesn't look anything the same. It doesn't look anything the same. Uh, Danny says, Amityville Dollhouse is really good, direct-to-video film, with really good makeup and effects far better than the Amityville remake. I don't think I've ever seen the Amityville Dollhouse one. We'll have to watch that one of these days. It's just more of them trying to uh, sell a, a haunted house movie by yeah. slapping the Amityville title on it. That's okay. If it's a good horror movie, whatever. Yeah. John says, what's that movie about a haunted bong? I'm pretty sure it was called Evil... Was it called Evil Bong? Well, there was... Was that Troma? Because I think there was one that was Ginger Dead Man, which has, I think, Gary Busey in it. Ginger Dead Man versus Evil Bong, which I'm pretty sure is a trauma film. And I'm kind of, I see it when I'm scrolling through stuff on Tubi, because I think it's on Tubi or Amazon Prime. And I'm kind of tempted to watch it, but I don't know if I want to or not. Of course they would have Gary Busey in it. Of course. I'm pretty sure Gary Busey was in Ginger Dead Man. It's called Ginger Dead Man. Yeah. In the Magic Bong. Bong. Haunted Bong. It's it's an Evil Bong. Why'd you stand back? Stand back. <laughs> I got a act. Hold on. Stand back. With big ass teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's crazy? I like him though. I like Gary Booth. We should do Ginger Dead Man. We should do yeah. Ginger Dead Man for Christmas. Like yeah. for the Christmas review. Yeah. <laughs> Gary Booth can chew up scenery, man. You, oh, yeah. You, if you fucking tell him to go for it, he's not going to phone it in. He's going to fuck the whole place up. And, he, and he's in a really good movie, a good, really good Crustle movie called Soldier, where he plays. That's right. He plays the fucking. He's been in some good shit. Yeah, he, he was the head NCO in, in charge of all the damn replicant soldiers <laughs> and shit. He goes, nah, don't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And then the new command comes in, tries to fuck it all up. I love Soldier. It's a good movie. Good Crustle movie. It's slow. Kind of slow. But if you're a veteran, you'll oh, like. Oh, Charles it. Band, yeah, you're right. You, you, you'll, uh, if you're a veteran, you'd like. Uh, You'd like Soldier about Crustle. And he's like a gen- genetically engineered, or no, a gen- raised from birth soldier. And then they're getting replaced by these genetically engineered guys who are like replicants, like Roy Batty. Roy Batty's. Yeah. And it is a little bit in the Blade Runner universe. It's supposed to it's be, supposed in, the to be in the Blade Runner universe. universe. Yeah. It's me, Jay, <coughs> said my high school phys ed teacher used to babysit for the family after the DeFeo's at the Amityville house. She said she never saw anything uh, and the place was fine. She stayed overnight. Um, 
Yeah, I, I uh, kind of suspect we did a show about the Amityville Haunting a while back. And I've read the book by Jay Anson. I've seen, you know, the movie. I saw the remake. And we've seen interviews with, um, you know, the family members and shit like that. I suspect that that was, they just made that up. I suspect they made it up. <coughs> because, well, I mean, if you if you didn't have a lot of money, because well, that's kind of a, um, a charge that a lot of people uh, aimed at the Snedekers, too, was that, oh, you guys didn't start talking about, like, all this haunting shit until you got two months behind on your rent. Yeah. Um, and they were just like, cause a lot of their neighbors and stuff like that. And I think even the landlord said that they were like trying to make money off of the shit. I can see how the Amityville people, yeah, uh, the Lutzes, I can see how they would want to do that because that house, like there was a multiple murder that happened yeah. in that house. They didn't make that up. Yeah. So, you know, that's <laughs> documented. So I can see why. And the dude did say he probably was just trying to get an insanity defense, but he did say that voices told him to do it. <coughs> Yeah. No, so that's absolutely with, something you the, could use. The things with the Snedekers and them falling behind rent. If you look at Poltergeist phenomenon, the case has always taken place in a family that has a lot of fucking stress in it. And that includes a lot of the stress is financial stress. Well, they were under a lot of financial stress. They were losing shit tons of money trying to keep that boy from dying. Yeah. So it's the kind of environment that a Poltergeist would actually could be generated. Because I believe they're generated generated by the fucking subconscious mind and uh, I think there might be group synergy involved in it too yeah where it's more than one person kind of helping it grow yeah so just because just because they were behind in rent that doesn't mean that it didn't happen yeah because it's, yeah obviously they were under a lot of financial strain Fred Ed Dunham who is part of the haunting in Florida run into him every now and then yeah he lives uh, around here yeah that's kind of what they said about him. Well, he was falling behind on his rent. No, I don't. Well, first of all, he did. I think he did say that was because the, the the fucking the hauntings there was disturbing the family so much. He wasn't getting a lot of work in. Right. So, so that was part of it. But um, he was. Some people say well, he was trying to get out of his out of his lease. But I don't think he was. I don't think he was. You know, he he was a contractor. He could have made a lot of money. I mean, you've talked to him in real life, and yeah. he doesn't really seem like the type of dude that would make some shit up like yeah, that. Yeah, he's an ex, ex-Army Ranger. I got a guy. He's wild. But uh, he said it did happen. Um, he didn't really want to talk about it that much, though, with me. I, I tried to ask him, I says, what exactly did you see up on up on the roof? Because in, in the haunting episode, he said he could he heard footsteps. sounded like somebody walking around in the attic. He ran out. But there evidently was no real attic. It was just a, a ceiling. Like Florida has that. Might have been crawl spaces or something up there. Um, I don't know. But he ran out in the front yard to look to see who was on the roof. And in in the uh, in the episode, uh, I think they show a guy up there. I asked him what it was, what he, what he actually saw, and he said it was just it was a black figure. That's all. It said it was a black figure. But he could, couldn't quite really make it out. It was just moving up there on the roof. So he said he wasn't sure what it was. It was just a presence. And I was like, all right. It kind of sounds like something that you would see in a poltergeist-type phenomenon. And here was the, he had kids in the house. I don't know if they were his kids or his wife. I guess they were from that same wife. 
And uh, if I remember correctly, I think they were kind of the right age for Poltergeist. But like I said, I wasn't there. I drove by that house. Yeah, we know where it is. I know where it is. I drove by it and stopped out in front of it and see if I could feel anything weird like, like a mammoth. I didn't feel anything, though. I wasn't going to go knock on a door, either. Yeah, because that'd be kind of weird. Yeah. Like, look. Uh, I wonder if they get that all the time. I don't know. Like, hey, I saw that episode of Haunting. Can I come in and see if the, like, the fucking ghost is here? Yeah, I forgot or the address, but I could find it if I wanted to, but I'm not going to fucking release it. It's in Deltona, right? It's in Deltona, yeah. Yeah. Which is. Just in a regular suburban yeah. uh, area near a, a lake. Yeah. Like you said, it's a different house than the one they showed on the. Yeah. They show a house in the episode. It's on the same street, yeah. though. Yeah. That, that, that's the house on the corner. It's a few houses down from that one. Yeah. Yeah. They used that one because that one looked a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they tend to do that. Well, yeah, they want something that looks, Yeah. you know, cinematic. It wasn't a bad looking house. It's just, it just didn't look that good. Looks like one of those kind of old Florida houses from like the 50s or whatever. No, no. Or the 60s. No. It just, uh, it was white. Yeah, I guess it was just like a colonial, but it, it was oh, okay. like sideways. So oh, I got narrowed you. And deep. Oh, I went got in you. Deep. Yeah, yeah. Right. almost like a giant shotgun house. Oh, you know what I mean. So but, maybe they thought it wouldn't look good on camera. Yeah, it didn't look. Like, look I, I think it was made in a time when there were, the houses were closer together. Mm. You know what I mean. The other ones yeah. are now gone. Other houses are there. Are there instead? Yeah, so that's how I remember it. Danny said the part where the demon drove the father's car without it, him even being in it was terrifying. Yeah, I mean, if that <coughs> really happened, then. The shit like following him to work. That shit in neutral. I mean, yeah, maybe. And it rolled down the hill. And he was like, "Whoops!" And then he just wanted to like yeah, not get in trouble with right. his wife, so he's like, "The demon did it." You know what I mean? Yeah. I could, I could see doing that. <laughs> if yeah. I did some dumb shit like that, I'd probably tell you a poltergeist did it too. <laughs> when, I, when I was living, when I was living in this on Signal Hill up in Boston, I had this fucking Italian convertible. It was an old fucking Fiat Spider. It was pretty cool. It fucking, it was a blue car. It had a fucking tan, dropped off roof on it. And I lived on top of Signal Hill. And I would park my car, places, put the emergency brake on, because it was a stick shift. Put the emergency brake on, fucking go, and then come back to fucking work the next day. And I'm like, where the fuck is my car? <laughs> I go, oh, there it is. It'd be, it'd be down the hill. It rolled down the hill. I didn't know, but it was rolling down the hill. Fucking, it would roll down the hill slowly, a few inches at, at per hour. Oh my god, that's funny. And when somebody moved their car, they would back out, and right. then it would slowly take Just that position. Going, right. And then evidently, it would pass in front of people's fucking driveways. Oh my god, that's funny. Yeah, but it took a long time. But there must have, could have been that it should have been, you know, it had to have been that some of those driveways were covered. But it was, I guess it was in the middle of the night. Right, and nobody, so nobody noticed. Saw it. But it, it took me like three or four times to <laughs> figure out, to what, figure the out what the fuck was, was happening. <laughs> it was rolling down fucking backwards or forwards. <laughs> they were doing forwards, too. That's really funny. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's a good thing. It's a, Well, I was going to say it's a good thing it didn't have anybody as a car. Or well, anybody. I found it in between parking spaces. Oh, okay. It was taking, the, taking two parking spaces. I was oh. like, I know I didn't do that. Yeah. And then I went in there and hit the emergency brake and fucking had it in the car went back. And I go, that that thing is fucking rolling real slow. Huh. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. (coughs) All right. Are you ready to wrap it up? We've been on for like an hour and a half. Yeah. All right. So 
It's Monday night. Tomorrow, I will probably do a stream by myself at some point if I have time. Um, I'm going to review the 2008 Canadian horror film Pontypool, which I just uh, watched earlier today. So it'll probably be, I don't know, two, three o'clock in the afternoon, something like that. But yeah, I'll probably be around at some point tomorrow. And then on Wednesday, we're doing our main show, which is going to be about man-eating animals. Okay. Because remember we got that idea when we were watching, um, yeah, watching The Unexplained, yeah. the William Shatner one, and they, yeah. did, whoops, and they did an episode about that. And I was like, oh my God, Tiger. that would make a good show. So I put it in the poll and it won. Looks like Tammy showed up. Yeah, she's been here a while. She's been here, all right. Yeah, she's been here a while. All right, so, you, so yeah. So drop by tomorrow if you can. Whenever I go on, I'm not sure what time it's going to be because uh, I'm going to be talking about Pontypool. Um, and then Wednesday, we're doing the Man Eating Animal show. So that should be super fun. Uh, thank you very much, Aaron, for super chats. And thanks for hanging out with us on this Monday evening. Yeah, you always give us a th super thanks if you're listening to recorded. That's right. Uh, so I will see you again tomorrow. And then you'll see both of us again on Wednesday night. Uh, so good night, you